If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. I call the book, The Guide to Being Happy and Successful. So part of your potential could be this happiness, but it's hard to tell a child, you can be as happy as you want to be or as successful as you want to be. And their number one role model isn't. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Being Boss Podcast, hosted by Emily Thompson, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Being Boss is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be boss as a creative business owner, freelancer, or side hustler. Being Boss is another amazing resource for anyone interested in getting inspired and, more importantly, getting started. I'm so confident that if you love Gold Digger, you'll love Being Boss. Emily covers topics like releasing the sense of urgency in business, how to empower yourself at work and have a side hustle, and finding your passion and purpose in life using astrology. Listen to Being Boss wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I have a very rare opportunity because there have only been just a few men on my show and like basically none that have been welcomed back and not in a negative way. What did they do? Well, nothing. (laughs) Welcome back to the Gold Dicker podcast. I am honored to be back with you. Thank you for having me back. Oh my gosh. So this is my friend, Ed Milet. Mm -hmm. Gosh, three and a half years ago, I went to his house. I got to tell this story because I was thinking about it today. So we go to Laguna Beach. I'm living out my childhood dreams of the TV show, Laguna Beach. Like that was what I was raised on. The fact that we were there. But I will never forget we were leaving that day and you were like, if you ever want to come stay with us, yeah, just come stay. And you meant it. I did mean it. And it was wild because, you know, I feel like in this online world, we all have perceptions or ideas. Mm -hmm. And whenever I talk about you, Mm -hmm. I'm like, Ed is the most special. Oh, thank you. Open hearted, like full heart, full (laughs) head. Like, I don't know. It's just. 
it's this interesting thing. And it's funny because I, I'll look at our text messages every mm. once in a while. And like, mm. we have kept in touch yeah. Yeah. where I feel like it's very easy in this world to be like, we'll get together someday. I and know. like, you know, and it's like, we're checking in, like, how yeah. are you? Or I was thinking about you, you always send me these messages. It's mm. like, God winks, you know, God's mm-hmm. telling us where you're like, Hey, I was thinking about you today or I was praying for you today. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, wow. You, well, let's be real. You do that better than I do. You're mm-hmm. magnificent at that. But I knew when I met you that I, I think you'll be in my life the rest of my life. You I just, said that to me that day. I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember telling you that. And I feel that. And, and our friendship and love for each other has grown over time. And now lately we've actually been able to see each other yes. a little bit and, and our, and Drew and Christiana have been together as well, like as couples. So no, I love you. And by the way, I never told you this before, but the Lauren Conrad's dad yeah. from the show yeah. is who designed that house that you're in. Stop. Is that a small world or what? Stop. Yeah. I love Elsie. Man, <laughs> Elsie. girl crush. Okay, so okay. we are super excited because uh-huh. you have a very interesting project being released into the world. And I mm-hmm. like the word release when we talk about books because okay. we could nitpick, and you've done this, yes. I've watched you, we could nitpick every word and line and chapter and second guess ourselves. But the point of today is that we are releasing your book so that the world can finally enjoy it. Okay. I like that. So tell me about your book and why did you write it? The book is called the power of one more. And I wrote it really in reflection when my dad died. So who was my best friend, but as you know, my dad was an interesting guy. My dad, my first 15 years of my life was an alcoholic. And these one more started showing up in my life all the time with my dad. When my dad, remember when I was 15, one more first appeared. We were at a drive through going to a Little League game and my dad was a dude. So I've seen my dad in a lot of different fights and he was crying and he wouldn't make eye contact with me. I could see water coming out of his eyes. And I remember thinking, what's going on with daddy? You know, I've never seen my dad cry mm-hmm. before that day or after. He finally turned to me and he goes, I'm going to go away for a week. And when I come back, I'm not going to drink anymore. Mm. And I said, dad, daddy, what would be any different about this time? And he goes, I'm going to give it one more try. Mm. And your mom's told me that I lose my family if I don't. And you and your sisters deserve a dad you can be proud of. And your mom deserves a husband she can respect. And I'm going to go give it one more try. And I remember thinking, wow, one more try. There's a chapter in the book called Mm -hmm. One More Try. And then when he got sober, I remember saying, daddy, are you going to stay sober? Are you never going to drink again the rest of your life? And he goes, I don't know. I'm just not going to drink for one more day. Mm. And there's been all these times in my life where I've thought about quitting different things I've done. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to quit for one more day. And then my dad spent the next 35 years of his life helping one more person get sober. I didn't know it till he died, but thousands of people my dad helped get sober because he was in an anonymous program. And I found these index cards at the end of his life when he passed away, where there was these initials and names on them. I talk about it in the book, and it was one more person he had helped. One more person, one more person at a meeting or early breakfast or late night text or driving to pull somebody out of a bar. And he ended up living this great life. And it dawned on me, the reason I'm in the personal development space, the humans can change space, is I watched my hero do it. I watched my dad live not great my first 15 years, and then I watched him live magnificently the last 35. And I, so I wanted to write a book about how do you change your life? Then the last yeah. thing I'll say is the premise is you're much more closer to your dream life than you think. You think you're so far away, and so you behave like it, and you reinforce that you're far away. But the truth is you're one decision away, one relationship, one meeting, one thought, one book, one podcast, one emotion, one new emotion 
away from a different life. And so then I write about how you do it in the book. I don't know if you experienced this, but in my writing process, I felt like as I was writing chapters, I was relearning lessons or that like the universe was like serving me. Like, is this, is this it? Are you walking it or are you talking it? Did you have experiences like that? (laughs) You're so awesome. Yeah. I would write a chapter about it. Here's exactly how you generate new emotions. I'm like, are you really doing this? Are these things, you know, like just like a gift for other people. And I want to be also, it's important. I know you're this way. I've told you this about your book. The reason I love your book so much that's coming out when people probably hear this is that you truly live by the things you teach in the book. And so I wanted to keep checking in. And there were a few things, frankly, that I had written that I just didn't feel as if I embodied to the extent that I wanted to. And so I didn't put those things in the book. I put in the book, the things I know, the things that I live. And so, and as you know, it's a heavy book. There's a lot of details in it. There's a lot of, a lot of, there's some emotional things in it, but it's a lot of content. It's a lot of strategy. So yeah. Let's talk about this because I love strategy. Like mm-hmm. strategy is fires me up. I'm right. so nerdy. Like give me the step-by-step yeah. process this girl can execute. Yeah. What would you say for somebody that is picking up your book, mm-hmm. they're opening it up and they're like overwhelmed because mm-hmm. it is, it's, I mean, you did not hold back right. when it comes to like, <clears throat> here are the tools you need mm-hmm. to get closer. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Well, I wrote the book broadly, too, so it can help you be a better mother, a better business leader, a better athlete. It could be a better entrepreneur. I talk a lot about parenting, actually, in the book. And so what I would say is some chapters will resonate with you more than others based on your needs and they'll jump out at you. But I think a couple of things that are universal is wanting more self-confidence and changing your identity. Your identity is a big thing in your life because it governs so much. Your identity is it's the thermostat of your life. It's, it's the thoughts, beliefs, and concepts that you believe to be the most true about you. So it sets the temperature of your life like a Absolutely. thermostat. And if the external things can change, you can, if you believe you're only worth 75 degrees of love yeah. and you get into a relationship with the most loving, beautiful man, let's say, and he, but you will only let yourself feel worthy of that 75 degrees. He's trying to pour 100, 120 degrees on you. If you don't change that identity that you're worth that, it's all you're ever going to receive. You're not going to feel loved enough or that you're worthy of being enough loved. In the money sense, if you're 75 degree or of you know, financial worth identity wise, and you've got a business that could generate 100, 150 degrees, you will eventually unconsciously find a way to turn the air conditioners on of your life. It'll seem random. Oh, I had to make this loan. My car broke down. Nope. You unconsciously cooled your life back down to what you believe you're worth. And so this happens in our life all the time. So this identity thing is this invisible force that governs our lives that if we can be aware of it and have the tools to transform it, then the external stuff sort of takes care of itself. And Mm -hmm. so I I work a lot. I think that part of the book will resonate with everyone. Let's talk about identity because your dad clearly had this like chasm in his life, like Mm -hmm. the before and the after. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have those moments, but a lot of times our identities shift little by little. True. It's a thought that becomes a belief or a vision that becomes mm-hmm. a dream. Mm-hmm. Walk me through what you would say, because I feel like right now, collectively, the mm-hmm. world is hungry to say, this is who I am. Yeah. Or this is what I want for my life. Mm-hmm. So somebody is like on the cusp of getting honest with themselves or on the cusp of that identity shift. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? I would say become more childlike and start to operate out of your imagination. I have a chapter in the book about being an impossibility thinker. Yes, let's talk about that. And when we're children, we're happier for two reasons, in my opinion. One, we're, our, we were more recently with God. Yeah. And two, we're in our imaginations. Yeah. 
And then what happens is our identity to large extent is installed software by loving people who installed their limiting beliefs inside of us. So I, I grew up with some child neglect. My dad was an alcoholic. There's all kinds of neglect of children though. And I want everyone to hear this. I think this will be pretty profound for you. There could be divorce. There could be bankruptcy. There could be drug or alcohol use, but a really insidious form of child neglect is being raised by a parent who doesn't chase their dreams or potential. Mm. And when you don't chase your dreams or potential, you are neglecting your children. You are installing in them that it's okay to settle for less than you want, whatever it is that you want. And so we have these limiting beliefs. And my dad loved to say to me all the time, even when I was in my 40s, we'd hang up and go, hey, be careful. Yes. He would finish phone calls, be careful. And there was a nuance to that that just said, hey, something bad's going to happen. You should be worried. And so mm-hmm. I grew up with a worrying mentality, anxiety. I mean, by loving parents, yes. but they projected, we often adopt the emotional home of our parents, even Absolutely. if our external life's different. If your parents were worriers or had anxiety or anger or were down or settled, we tend to just begin to adopt that. We're defenseless when we're children. Mm -hmm. And by the way, my parents loved me. Mm -hmm. It's just I've adopted many of these things. So, for example, I was raised in chaos because my dad was a drinker. And I realized in my 40s, I'm a 40-year-old man with wealth and I married my high school sweetheart. I'm constantly creating chaos Mm -hmm. because I have a chapter in the book called One More Emotion. You have an emotional home. There's the three or four or five emotions you get regularly. Mm -hmm. It could be joy, ecstasy, peace, passion, or it could be worry, fear, anxiety, depression, whatever it might be. For me, one of my, I love chaos because I function well in it. And I function well in it because I'm familiar with it. And our emotional homes don't, aren't good or bad. They're just familiar. Yeah. And I'm, so finally, I took an inventory to the yeah. page out of your book. Like, how does this feel? Yeah. The powerful question in your book is, how does this feel? Chaos doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Why am I giving myself overdoses of chaos? It's all part of my identity, all part of this stuff that was installed in me when I was a little boy. And I believe just awareness has something lose its power over you. Yeah. When you're aware of a thought or an emotion, it doesn't own you anymore. Yeah. And you can begin to unpack it once you're aware of it. So I now have the ability. It's just not that I never do it. I'm doing that chaos thing again. Everything's great. And I got to mess it up to make it bigger. I got to mess it up to make it bigger. Here you go, Eddie. And so I'm aware of these emotions that I just would prefer to have less of in my life now. Oh, my gosh. There's so much there. One thing when I think of like the be careful, Mm -hmm. I am like so that parent. Mm -hmm. And I have learned instead of telling Coco, like, be careful, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I trust that you know what you're doing with your body. There you go. I trust that you know your limits. Very good. I trust that you will be able to get up if you fall. The other day, she was trying to climb the rocks on her fireplace. And I was like, I trust that you know your strength. (laughs) It's like that tweak of language because basically saying be careful is like, I don't trust you to navigate what's coming. Yeah. And I think you're afraid to make mistakes when you're a child and be a good girl. Yes. You know, be good girl. Yeah. Mind your manners. There's these things that are just it's very close and we we're all raised with it. But it makes like my dad was like, hey, you know, when we go in here, let's, yeah. you know, let's have our manners. Well, I wonder now why when I'm 40 years old, I am introverted when I walk in a room and I don't want to make a mistake or offend anybody. It's yes. Because when I was a little boy, my dad wanted me to behave. Yes. But there's these little things and you go, why am I this way? Yes. Why, why can other people walk in a room and they're gregarious and open? And I walk in and I'm like, I just, I want to be respectful of everybody. I don't want to act out of turn. Sometimes I'm the guest of honor and I'm still in that mindset at different things. And so, yeah, the things we say to our children, 
are so profound and so important. And also for those of us listening, maybe start to take a look at you. Mm-hmm. That chapter on emotions is like, what's your emotional home? And what do you want them to be? And what has it been shaped by? What has it been shaped by? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you said something that I, I think we need to come back to because my audience is going to go nuts over mm-hmm. it. But the a form of neglect is somebody, a parent, not answering their calling mm-hmm. or their dreams. And mm-hmm. so much of my audience is women. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was just talking to someone about mom guilt, this Mm -hmm. idea, Mm -hmm. because as confident as I am in my ability to mother and run a business, Mm -hmm. mom guilt exists and there are different realms of it and Mm -hmm. different places where it comes from. Mm -hmm. But for me, like in this season, mom guilt is like, should I be launching a book when Mm -hmm. I have these little ones? Mm -hmm. Should I, you know, should I, should I, should I, Mm -hmm. we could shit on ourselves all all over the place. But what I have found is like the more that I bring Coco into my work because she can understand Mm -hmm. it now, the more excited she is about it, Mm -hmm. the more that she sees what's possible. Mm -hmm. And I was talking the other day because before your book comes out, you get like dummy books. So they're not actual books. Mine was mine was Marley and me. So my dummy book was Marley and me. So my covers wrapped around Marley and me. So Coco thinks my book is about puppies, um, which is adorable. But what's amazing is like, she'll say like, mommy wrote this. Mommy did this. And I think that, and I want to hear kind of your take on it as a dad, because Mm -hmm. you speak into my life at Mm -hmm. times and Mm -hmm. you say like, don't blink, like Mm -hmm. don't miss this. You can't get this back. Mm Why do you think that so many parents mm-hmm. are playing martyrs to their children? They do play martyrs. I want, I want to step back one second. The way I say it, though, is I said your potential and or your dreams. Yes. Because yes. part of your potential could be that you're just not pursuing the bliss you deserve. Yes. The peace you deserve. The love you deserve. So that is part of your potential. Mm-hmm. In other words, that bliss and that happiness and that peace already exists within you. And you're cheating yourself and robbing yourself in front of your children from experiencing those emotions and you're Mm -hmm. teaching them not to have them. So that's one part. The other part is the external things that we can achieve. And I think sometimes we worry that if we are successful in one area, that it robs from another one. And I think that's probably a false belief system. I'm not saying burn the candle at both ends. That's not what I mean at all. But I think it's pretty hard to convince your daughter that she can be anything she would like to be in her life. She can be as happy or as successful. I call the book The Guide to Being Happy and Successful. So part of your potential could be this happiness, but it's hard to tell a child you can be as happy as you want to be or as successful as you want to be. And their number one role model isn't. Yeah. Most things in your child's life, I found now that I've raised two of them, when I'm a good dad, Christiana is a world-class mother. Yeah. My wife's life's dream was to be a mother yeah. and she's incredible at it. But here's what I found with my kids. Most things with children are caught, not taught. Ooh. And so you can tell them everything you want. You yeah. can teach them. They're catching it. They're yeah. watching you. You know this. They're watching so much more closely. When you go to a, a baseball game of your son someday or those of you that have sons or you go to a a soccer tournament for your daughter or whatever it is a christmas recital there's 50 kids up there which kid do you see yeah you're watching yours the whole time well imagine their view of life Mm -hmm. they have one mama yeah they got one daddy their whole universe is shaped by you and how you show up in the world and i'm not just talking about external achievements my daughter and my son watched a world-class mother sacrifice every single day for their children 
blissfully. Mm. She's joyous. She's happy. She's faithful. So they've watched my wife pursue her potential. She's not created a million followers on Instagram or built a company she sold for several hundred million dollars or those other things. Her husband did. Yeah. But even if neither one of us did, they have watched, I think, we've made lots of mistakes as parents, like so many I'm embarrassed and ashamed of some of them, right? But we haven't cheated our kids by watching them not pursue our potential and our dreams. Doing good isn't only good for those around us, it's also good for business. We've seen it time and time again, companies with solid mission statements grow stronger with their customers, employee retention, and their bottom line. Whatever your mission is, HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better with a CRM platform that grows with you. HubSpot's easy-to-use website builder helps you create, manage, and update your business's unique online presence so you can get your mission out to the world quickly and easily. Plus, with seamless plugins that help you track customer activity, you'll know what's clicking and who's not, all from your HubSpot dashboard. Get started and get going for good with HubSpot. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Christiana was messaging me literally minutes ago and I had posted a story about how I had to fly this morning and how like saying goodnight last night, I was like just tearing up and she goes, I hate to tell you this, but it doesn't get easier. My kids are 20 and I, I still feel that way. And here's, I think the difference. And I think it's so beautiful that you broke that up a little Mm -hmm. bit more because Mm -hmm. when you are living in your purpose, Mm -hmm. it's undeniable. You got it. It's palpable. It's, You can feel it. And like, same with Drew. We do this app. It's like a couples app. Yeah. And like you check, it's like a question a day. It's like Tinder for married people where you can only see your spouse's answer once you've answered the question. Very cool. And one of the questions yesterday was like, what is something you should ask your spouse that you haven't asked him? He asked me something silly. Like, are we going to live in Minnesota for the rest of our Mm -hmm. life? Yes. And I said, (laughs) (laughs) I said, I've been meaning to ask you, like, are you feeling fulfilled right now in this season? And if not, how can I encourage you? And for him, it's like training for a triathlon or doing, you know, doing these things 
where it's like these pockets of time for himself, but yeah. he feels so much purpose in his work. Yes. And it's like, it's great for people like you and I, mm -hmm. because their contentedness rubs off on us. By the way. We need them. That's a million percent true. Yeah. That's a million percent true. I think Drew and Christiana are a lot alike, they don't are. you? I do. I really feel <laughs> like they're, a, I, I do. I feel like they're a lot alike. <sighs> and I have learned, I always say, this is something I had to learn. It's one of the reasons I wrote the book. My wife is what I call easy happy and yeah. I'm complicated happy. Yes. Meaning like everything's got to be lining up yes. for me to give myself the gift of happiness, right? <laughs> or contentment. And for her, it's just being almost. Yes. And so, yeah, I've learned a little bit. People always say, what would you have... What would it have been like if you were married to like a super driven, motivated, yeah. you know, like you person? I said, I don't know. I'm not. And yeah. I said, I happen to think I'm probably motivated and driven enough for both of us. That's another yes. thing you could ask. My spouse isn't supporting everything that I'm doing. Well, aren't you inspired and motivated enough that your drive and ambition is going to be enough? And that, you know, in my case, I feel like my wife is one of the most successful people that I've ever mm -hmm. met in my life mm -hmm. because she's in her purpose all yes. the time. And so I, that's what I mean by neglect. Yeah. And so many of you that are listening to this, if you're being real, could you maybe be more in your purpose? Yeah. Could you be showing them? Could they be catching that example, catching those emotions, catching that thing about you that you know is sitting there that you need to fulfill? Yeah. Whether it's an emotion or a dream or something in your imagination or your vision. And you know what the other thing is? They don't need to see you actually do all of it. Yeah. They need to see you in the pursuit of it. That's why yes. there's a chapter in the book called One More Try. There's yes. power to one more try. I have been learning. I'm very invested in learning emotional intelligence for children because mm -hmm. I really do think it can make a difference. And I just learned this trick the other day where it was like, let your child see you be frustrated. Like pretend mm -hmm. to open a pickle jar and you can't quite get it open and you pause and you say, oh, I'm stuck. Mm. I don't know what to do, but oh. Think I'm going to give it one more try. So good. And I'm like, my gosh, like if our kids are just giving up and we're stepping in and swooping in, they're never going to learn to give it one more try. No question. And it's That's like so good. I, the other day I was really frustrated. Like toddler emotions are a lot sometimes. And, yeah. and Coco loves to talk about her feelings. I love it so I much. But I was like, oh, so frustrated. Like mm. I'm going to take some deep breaths. And so mm. she always tells me, teach me, mommy. And it's smell the flowers blow out the candles. And I literally have to repeat that on a loop sometimes for her. And so today I, when I left, I left a note that said, remember, smell the flowers, blow out the candles, love mom. You get so emotional because you're like, holy crap, like we are teaching them how to like navigate through this. So they are, you are. Jenna. Let's go back to your dad mm -hmm. because he's no longer with us. Yeah. What do you think he would say? I mean, I, I mm -hmm. believe he's seeing all this, but in picking up that book and reading it because it is very much his story through your eyes and experience, but it's also this like honorable Thank you. way of, of saying, dad, I saw you. Yeah. I, I see you as a human, yeah. not just my dad. Yeah. I hope my dad would be proud. I, I, I think my dad is the example for me of here's how you know the power of one more. Yeah. When I take it from you and you can't have it anymore. Then you know how precious having a chance for one more. I was with my dad with one more day, mm -hmm. one more breath. But my favorite thing in life to do, one of them anyway, was to golf with my dad. Five hours. Neither one of us are good golfers. <laughs> five hours with my best friend. You know, five inches from me in a golf cart. And just we talked. We had deep conversations too, my dad and I. Jenna, I cannot begin to tell you what I would give for one more round of golf mm -hmm. with my dad. And for... 
so many people, you still have that opportunity with your children to tell them you love them one more time or to go see your mom or go see your, what I would give for, and for those of you that have lost somebody, you know what I mean? What would you give for one more conversation? And so if they're gone, honor them with your life. And which is why, that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to honor my dad right before my dad died. He was uh, on morphine. He was breathing. My dad had my voice, Jenna, really deep. I, I kept my dad's cell phone yeah. on so that I can call and hear his voice. You can call my dad and says, hello, this is Ed Milet, and thank you for calling. This is before he got cancer. But by the time with all the treatments and surgeries and chemo and radiation and proton therapy, and he would die. And right before my dad passed, he woke up. I never talked about this before on mm-hmm. any shows. Right before my dad died, he woke up and he looks at me. I love you. I'm holding his hand. I love you. I'm so proud of you. Mm. I can't believe God gave you to me as my son. And then he went back to sleep. And what I would say to you that are listening to this is, make the people you love proud of you with who you are. I had five jets, you know this. My dad's never been on one of my planes. My jet was parked a mile from my dad's house. He's never been on one. My family could care less about anything material. Mm-hmm. I'd say, dad, let's jump on the jet and fly to Hawaii and go play golf. He's like, yeah. why, why would I do that? I could play in Chino with my son. I don't care about that. I wanna be with my son. Yeah. So I think that what I would say to you is that there's a power to one more, but one thing that occurred to me is that someday I'll be my dad. Someday I'm going to have one day left. Someday I'll have one breath. So will everyone listening to this, everything in our life is temporary. And there's this great thing that Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, which is that on the other side of this temporary thing you're going through, this fear, this anxiety, this pain, if you can get through it, and it is temporary, you get to meet your other self. Mm. And you have done this many times. And so if I've met many other selves of me on the temporary side of pain or anxiety or an issue that I'm going through. And I watched my father become his other self many times over. And there's a part of me now that thinks that's part of like actual pain is okay in our lives because the presence of it will be temporary. Never make a permanent decision based on a temporary condition, which is so many people do it in our relationships. Temporarily painful. I'm going to permanently end it. My business is temporarily difficult. I'm going to permanently quit. And so I watched with my dad the idea of getting through temporary situations and becoming another self. And with that other self comes another life. So this pain you may be going through right now, listening to this, perhaps you're on the brink of a breakthrough, seriously, of being on the other side of this condition and getting another self that you get to meet of you. In my book, I have this part about grief. And mm. it's like, we're not made to move on. We're made to like move with it. Mm. And I think a lot of times we're like waiting for like life to go back to normal or oh, like to like let go of that grief. And it's like, no, we get stronger as we carry it forward. It's oh, like beautiful. that turtle picking up the shell and like learning to move again. That's beautiful. And so I just feel like I can see in you through the loss, like mm. you are getting stronger. Thank Your character is getting stronger as you move forward you're not mm. moving on you'll never move on you're not meant to mm. but you're moving forward so it's really good jenna yeah gold diggers we all know the b2b landscape can be a bit complex from lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision making processes reaching your target audience can be tough but i found a solution tailored just for you linkedin ads 
A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One thing that I think is interesting. I, I'm curious if you thought about this at all, yeah. but this is the first thing I thought about when you told me the title of your book is yeah. that it is countercultural right now mm-hmm. in this world where we are obsessed with speaking to the masses. Mm-hmm. Forget about the power of one. Yeah. People want the stages. <clears throat> they want the followers. They want they the K after their name. They want the bank accounts. They forget about the power of influencing one person. Oh my goodness, you're right. And then inviting that person back. I often say that people approach social media almost like you have this table set for dinner and you have all these guests sitting at the table and you're out on the street yelling, come to my party, come to my party. And you're not serving the people who are right in front of you. You're so right. And so I want to know when you think about like the power of one more, What would you say to somebody who's at the beginning, who wants all these big things, Mm -hmm. but has forgotten that like impacting one life, being on a stage in front of one person, having that one conversation that can transform everything. So here's how profound that is. My dad got sober and I've often talked about how that changed our family forever. Mm -hmm. Something occurred to me just last week and I'd already written the book. Someone helped my dad. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I don't know who they are because it's an anonymous program, but someone unnamed, Mm -hmm. unknown that I will never know completely changed my family forever. And if my dad doesn't get sober and I don't learn these lessons, I'm certainly not talking into this microphone right now. And so the ripple effect of whoever that person was that helped my family has altered the lives of millions of people. And I think that we don't understand the power of that in our lives. And we're born, each of you listening to this, to do something great with your life. Mm And a lot of times that's going to feel like in very small ways, not big ways. My sister's super successful. She's a uh, Christian school teacher. Mm. She's blind. Mm -hmm. She's diabetic. She can't drive. And she's one of the most successful people I've ever met in her life. You're never going to see her on Instagram. 
Millions of people don't come to arenas to listen to her speak, but every day she's in her calling. Every day she's in her purpose. My sister was born to teach children. She's kind. Mm -hmm. She's patient. She's a nurturer. She's four foot 11, so she's the same height as her students. <laughs> Love it. And they connect with her. She can't grade papers anymore because she can't see. Yeah. And every single day, this woman changes people's lives. And there's a power. You don't know that that person that you're going to make a difference for isn't going to go help so many other people. My dad helped thousands of people get sober. Thousands. At his funeral, I heard something I've heard many times because my dad's name was Ed Milet. Ed Milet changed my life. And then the person would speak and say, and I was, uh, I was incarcerated for 20 years. When I got out of prison, I was an alcoholic. And this man walked across at a meeting and shook my hand and said, if you need any help, I'm here to help you stay sober one more day. And then another woman would get up and say, Ed Milet changed my life 34 years ago. And I can't tell you how many early breakfast meetings we've had and late night dinners and text messages when I needed him. Right before my dad passed away, his phone was ringing, Jenna. I've never told you this. His phone's ringing. And he's on oxygen and he's, he can't breathe. And he says, Debbie, to my mom. We're in his living room. Debbie, who is it? My mom goes, Ed, it doesn't matter. You're not answering the phone right now. My dad's going to die. Yeah. Who is it? Who is it? It's somebody named Raul. My dad says, give me the phone. And for 20 minutes, my dad talked Raul off the ledge from going back and drinking. He said, hey, one more day. Just don't drink for one more day. My dad was in his calling within moments of his life ending. No one would have known he wouldn't have taken that call, but it was who he was. And so every single day you have an opportunity, this isn't hokey or cheesy, to yeah. check in on someone. And it's as easy as saying, I love you, I haven't thought about you in a while. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. These are massive acts you can take in your life that seem so small that make a difference. And so there's somebody out there that helped my dad that changed my life. And I'll never know them, but into eternity that great deed they did will ripple that they're going to heaven for sure that is so i mean imagine you know you hear about like artists and stuff and they're like i'll be playing on stages until my mm -hmm. last breath but something about the intimacy of like that mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. and you getting to witness that yeah pretty amazing it's awesome great example my dad was what is the one more in your life right now? What is something that you are reminding yourself, I need just one more of, or I need to commit to one more of? There's a chapter in the book called equanimity, which yeah. is a word that basically means peace under duress. I wrote mm. that chapter for me. Yeah. I have one primary emotion that I want more of in my life that I can access anytime I want, which is more peace. Mm. And that form of equanimity, of tranquility, of peace, I feel like I have been getting more of. You have. Um, I can tell. Thank you. You have too, yeah. by the way. Although I have this calling on my heart to know that I'm capable of experiencing more of it. Yeah. But for me, that's the one more that I want. I want to, I love helping one more person. When I went to the, my dad got sober and the first night he got sober, he got me a job at an orphanage. I went to work at this orphanage and it changed my life. My boys were all eight to 10 years old. All of them, their parents were either dead, obviously, if it's an orphanage or incarcerated or had molested them. And now here I am, I'm completely unqualified to be with these boys. I'm not a psychologist. I've got no kids of my own. But God does not call qualified people. He qualifies called people. Mm -hmm. And that changed my life because these little boys, here's all they wanted, Jenna. They wanted, this is the big deal in my life. They wanted someone to love them, yeah. care about them. And here's a biggie that most people miss. Believe in them. Mm -hmm. Believe in them. Even with their own children. I think they know we love and care about them, but do we believe in them? Mm -hmm. Give them belief. 
and then just show them how to live better. Yeah. I started my business career as an entrepreneur while I worked there. And here's what I've discovered as I've been a grown up. Like, how do you coach these world leaders? Why do these athletes want to talk to you? Why do, guess what? Those boys were no different than every single yeah. human being. People want someone to love, care, and believe in them. Mm. And then just show them how to do something better. Yeah. And you brought value to their life. So when people listen to this, they're like, not me. <laughs> yes. What do I have? You get to love, care, and believe in people. And in your way, you'll show them some example of how to live better. And that's what you're born to do. Let's talk about the tools because you have insane tools in here. And okay. let's talk about living in your matrix. Yeah. There's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. It okay. is your filter on life. It's located in your prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. and it's the filter. And so it filters in everything to your life that's important to you. That's why moms are better parents than dads. Like a, a mom with their child in a, in a room at a party knows where that child is the whole time. The yes. dad's oblivious to it, right? Yes. So we all know the middle of the night, the mom hears the, the baby crying, the dad snores through it, right? So you have their noises and their life is in your RAS. But yeah. I'll give you an example. I just bought a new Tesla. I bought it because I kind of like some of the things Musk is doing. I don't really want a Tesla. All of a sudden, Jenna, I see Teslas flipping everywhere. 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 They were always there. Yes. But because they're in my RAS now, I see them three lanes over other side of the freeway. Yeah. So in life, the critical thing for more bliss and more achievement or happiness or one or the other is that the things we want, the emotions, the if we really are one relationship, one decision away, mm -hmm. it's seeing them. They've yeah. always been around you. They need to become your Teslas. Mm. And so I teach you in the book how to slow things down in the matrix where Neo could slow things down and see the bullet time. And in our lives, we don't slow things down enough, which fits perfectly in with mm -hmm. your book. <laughs> and so this is the idea of programming through visualization, yeah. our dreams, the emotions we have in our life so that we hear things we weren't hearing, see things we're not seeing because the universe or God or whatever you believe is surrounding you with the resources all the time, but they're passing you by on the road of life constantly because they're not your Tesla. The other thing in there is that Neo is the one. Okay. And in my family, I'm the one, meaning I used to see these happy families, which my family wasn't, yeah. or a really rich, successful family, which we weren't. And what I, I used to go, who are these people? I was so embarrassed by our family. We'd go to a restaurant, my dad would drink or whatever. And I remember thinking, I've learned as I've gotten older, when you see a really happy family, at some point in their lineage, they come from a family that wasn't. When you mm -hmm. see a financially successful family, somewhere way back, might be way back, they weren't. And then the one shows up in that family the one and that one changes that family forever it changes the way they think the way the world treats them the way they treat the world the emotions they experience how they live their lives the one changes a family legacy forever and so there were one my dad made a decision but in my family i'm the one mm -hmm. and in your family you've become the one you and drew have decided to live a life on your purpose on your terms yep. And everybody listening to this, you have that opportunity in your life, if you do the right things, to be the one in your family that changes it for generations. And I know you were born to do it, and I wrote a book to try to help you do it. I think about that, too, when we notice things, like whether you're getting like a new roof on your house sure. or you're like looking for the perfect shade of something, you know, like you pay attention. Absolutely. And it's like, this is your invitation to like wake up. 
Check what lens you've got put on. You got it. And are you paying attention to the right things? And there's so much power in noticing. There is. And by the way, you've got to guard your beliefs because let's say you really do have a detriment. Like there's something that isn't fair that's happening with you. If you believe in it strongly enough, your matrix is going to prove it to be true to you. You're going to find references for it everywhere that you are right. Mm -hmm. So the question isn't whether or not you're right. The question is whether believing what you believe serves you. Mm -hmm. And so we have to ask ourselves questions oftentimes. I say in the book that... It's not the events of our life that define us. It's the meaning we attach to the event, which yes. creates an emotion. Yes. And then we live out that emotion. You and I could go to a, the scene of a car accident, terrible accident, and witness the worst thing we could see, a, a, a family passing. And for you and I, that event, we'd say tragedy, meanings. Mother Teresa rolls up to that same accident. And it's the honor of her lifetime, she would say, to be with someone when their soul passes to heaven. Same exact event, different meaning, completely different emotion. So it's a matter of taking control of what things mean to us in our life and not just letting the events dictate them to us. Ed, I love you. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Tell everyone where they can get this book. It is just coming out. So you've got to get your copy. It's (laughs) so good. And I want for you to dig into it because... Yes, there are stories, but there's so much tactic and strategy. And what I found really fascinating is it's really easy to discern and respect all of the strategies, but also to say, this one was meant for me. This one was for me. Thank you for saying that. I think that's true. I think there'll be two or three things that'll jump out with you. I kitchen synced this book, so there'll be stuff in there for you. You can get anywhere books are sold. I got a website called thepowerofonemore.com. If you go there, there's some cool bonus stuff and extra features and quizzes and all that kind of stuff on there too. But anywhere books are sold, you can get the power of one more. And where can everybody find you and connect with you? Anywhere. The Insta world. (laughs) What my dad used to call Insta face. Find me on Instaface. That was my dad's somehow combo of Facebook and Instagram. My son's Sounds really accurate. My dad though. would tell people he's really big on Instaface. Oh. Thank you, Dad. That was awesome. Anywhere on social, Ed Milet with a M Y. Okay, last thing. Okay, if we want to tell our audience what they should be noticing as an opportunity for one more of in their life, if they can wake up to the life today, the life after this podcast ends. What is your invitation for them to pay attention to, to hold on to for one more what? What are you hoping for? Love. Mm-hmm. So one more element of love in your life. Love is why you'll do everything in your life to get it and to give it. And so be looking for all the things in your life that make you feel loved and then allow you to give love to other people. And they're everywhere. There's opportunities for it constantly in your day. You say, really, that's going to make me a better entrepreneur? One million percent. Yes. The world needs this. Listen, everybody, more than ever in our culture, people feel invisible and not valued and that nobody cares and that they don't have anything to bring to the table and they couldn't be more wrong. Culture is telling people that you've got to be looking a certain way, acting a certain way, doing certain things, or you don't matter or you're not valuable or you're invisible. And I think I want you to know that I see you. And I think every day, if you could just look to love on people and say, I see you, I love you. I believe in you. I care about you. I think you'd be making a huge difference in the world. And we need millions and millions of people doing that for one another. That's what we were put here to do. Ed. It's a pleasure. I love you. Thank you so much. All right, gold diggers. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. 
And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.